0: okay so confession who here is just here for the popcorn and remember you can't lie in church <laughs> so how great does the church look today i think it would be a real shame with all these decorations up not to go full christmas it's not too early for that is it <laughs> uh been awkward if phil had said no to going full christmas there I'd have had to to started from scratch but i don't know about you but i always find that in december there's there's not enough time to do all the things that i want to get done there's there's all the presents to buy there's the decorations to put up Actually, I, I haven't decorated my house yet, so if, if anyone who was here on Wednesday nights is free for a couple of hours. Uh, there's, there's all the Christmas movies to watch, there's, there's friends and family to catch up with, and it can be a very hectic, busy season. So one way that I've found to, to save a bit of time is to, to skip over all the Hallmark movies. See, until I met Sheriff, I didn't realise that they were a thing, but now I know they're they're very much a thing. But regardless of what the movie is... Uh, the plot will be the exact same. The the single, career-driven, lonely woman moves back to see her parents in their small town for Christmas, reconnects with her childhood sweetheart, and before Christmas Day, they're married. <laughs> but thankfully, we're, we're looking at a much better Christmas movie this weekend, the the classic Elf. So if you want to play the, the first clip. Okay, so I know that those of you that were here last week, now any time that we're playing a clip, that you're going to be watching that stage drawer of anticipation. But... <laughs> I've, I've good news for anyone that was traumatized by the TRX last week. I, I've watched Elf very carefully and there's, there's no dinosaurs, so, so we're safe. <laughs> so I know how busy Christmas can be and every year I end up in the same situation on Christmas Eve, surrounded by Amazon boxes and tip, frantically trying to get everything wrapped and then get to bed for a few hours before getting up to put the turkey on. But this year I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more organized and I've already made good progress. I've got through three selection boxes and two bottles of Slur. I've I've also been looking up some present wrapping guides online to try and get more efficient. So please please don't call the RSPCA on me. (laughs) But getting to the more serious point, I I, I want to help all of you in, in the midst of the busyness of the next few weeks to really keep the focus on Jesus at the center of the Christmas season. See, the story of Elf is of a son who leaves his home in the North Pole to look for a father who had abandoned him. But the message of the gospel is that we have a father who sent his son to look for us People that had abandoned the father. So if we we look at the, the second clip then. Okay, so Buddy teaches us that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. So I thought that for a few moments this morning we could maybe take a look at the song that was sung at the birth of Jesus. So it's in Luke chapter two, verses eight to twenty. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace and peace glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. So I've entitled this message, The Best Way to Spread Christmas Cheer. I did think about naming it after the angels news and calling it the best message, but I wasn't sure how that would go down with Phil. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to unpack that encounter between the angels and the shepherds a little. So just pray and then we'll, we'll dive in. So, Father God, I pray that as we look at your word, as we look at the message of Christmas, that you would help us to to celebrate the reason that we have to be cheerful, and that we would keep Jesus as our focus. Amen. So, you've, you've probably seen Facebook baby announcements, because it, it used to be in the, the olden days that whenever you were expecting a child, you could just call up your friends or your family and tell them that you were going to have a baby, but now you have to have a, a creative Facebook announcement. So, I found a few examples online Those of you that have had your coffee will get that one, and there's, there's a couple more, and just one more. So that's for all you coffee fans. So no matter how great a uh, creative Facebook announcement you come up with, God completely blows everything out of the water by getting a choir of angels to announce the birth of his son, Jesus, and at Christmas, that's what we remember, the birth of Jesus, but before we can look at the good news that gives us great joy, we need to set it in a, in a little bit of context. We need to remember why he came. We need to to frame it in that context to, to magnify just how great the good news is. See, Jesus, the baby, was born to die. The cross wasn't something that happened unexpectedly to Jesus. It was always the plan. From the moment in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve first rebelled against God and ate the forbidden fruit, we had a problem. Sin had entered the world, and sin is simply just us going against God's plan. See, we all, all of us, we live fallen, broken lives. We all mess up. None of us are perfect. None of us get it right all the time. We all rebel against God. And the problem with sin isn't that it makes us bad people. It makes us dead people. It's not the sort of message that you expect to read on a Christmas card, but <laughs> thankfully that wasn't the end of the story. If, if that was the end of the story, the Bible would be a very short book and it would be easy to complete your Bible in a year of plans. But, but fortunately, the story doesn't end there. And we need to be aware of the bad news to highlight how good the good news is. We don't focus on the bad news. We focus on the good news, but we need to have that awareness because that's how the angels focused they focused on the good news. We acknowledge that there's bad news, but we dwell and we linger on the good news and let people see the joy that that good news gives us. See, right at the start, right whenever Adam and Eve first rebelled, there was this great promise from God of hope. In Genesis 3:15, we see the first glimmer of the gospel, the proto-evangelium, as, as God says to the serpent, the devil, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. See, right from the start, There was hope promised. A serpent crusher was promised. God didn't just leave us to our own devices. He wasn't caught off guard by us rebelling. He always had a plan. He won't just give up on us the moment we turn away from him. Our sin will never be so great that God's grace can't overcome it. See, right from the start, Jesus knew that He was going to die for us. He knew He would take our sin upon His shoulder, as we sang, and He knew that then the sin curse would be broken. He knew the cross was where He was headed. That was what the angels proclaimed that the savior had come jesus knew he'd come to save us to redeem us and to restore us to relationship with god it started in a manger and it ended on a cross at calvary but we know that that's also not the end of the story on the third day he rose victorious over the grave sorry for the spoiler for the easter message (laughs) death hadn't got the victory sin had lost its power the the serpent had been crushed and at christmas as we remember the birth of christ we remember that he came into the world to save sinners like me and you We all sin and fall short of God's glory, and we all need a savior. Our sin cuts us off from God, but heaven is touching our, reaching out to us, reaching out to the outcasts, the the rejects, the failures, the the depressed, the marginalized, the lost causes, the screw-ups, the hopeless, all of us, even any of us who have the misfortune of being from Lurgan. Reaching out in love, (laughs) making a way where there was no way, taking the nails for us, Jesus, born to die for us, the king who humbled himself to die a criminal's death while we were still far off from God, and through his blood, everyone will be justified if we call on his name. We can have peace with God because of the blood of Jesus, not because of what we've done, not because of who we are, not because of our own righteousness, not because of how many Bible verses we have memorized or by going to the right church. Our salvation is a gift from God, freely given to all who believe, the greatest gift of all, better than anything you're going to find under your tree this year, given for all people, And so we find ourselves on a hillside in Bethlehem, and a question we have to ask is, where was Bethlehem? See, Bethlehem was this middle-of-nowhere small town outside Jerusalem at the far end of the Roman Empire. It was a place where nothing ever happened. Anyone that was important was just down the road in Jerusalem. Bethlehem was ignored. No one paid any attention to it, but yet God saw Bethlehem. And there's encouragement for you today if, if you feel that the world's overlooked you, maybe you're you've seen your friends get jobs, get partners, get married, and, and you're still living with your family. But you feel that life's passed you by, but, but know this, God sees you. He cares for you. He hasn't forgotten you. There's, there's hope for all of us. And it was on the outsk- this outskirts, middle-of-nowhere town that makes Guildford look like a vibrant, exciting place that we find the shepherds. <laughs> they were watching over their flocks by night. This was something that they'd have done night after night for years. It was monotonous work. It was dreary. And yet this night, everything was going to change. And Israel as a whole had been in a a 400-year period of waiting. See, from the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, there'd been this 400-year gap where God had been silent. And the people were were waiting for their promised Messiah. But it had been 400 years, so, so doubts were starting to creep in. And yet this night, everything was going to change. There's encouragement for us today if we feel that God's been silent for us. He hasn't given up on us. He hasn't forgotten his promises. He will fulfill all that he said he will do. We might have to wait longer than we would like but we can trust that his timing is perfect i love how c.s lewis puts it in the lion the witch in the wardrobe that the people of narnia had been stuck in this perpetual bleak dreary snow season always winter but never christmas but aslan is on the move at just the right moment god will show you what he's been doing he hasn't forgotten you so bethlehem means house of bread and jerusalem means city of peace there's peace on earth because the prince of peace was born outside of the city of peace Jesus the living bread had come to those who were outsiders those who had no peace he came to bring peace to us all it's significant that he was born outside the walls of the city of peace for he had come to bring peace to those who were cut off from God he'd come so that we could fear not and maybe as you reflect on the message of Christmas this year will be the year that you come into that peace peace from anxiety peace from fear peace from striving peace from the sleepless nights from the heartache from the n- nightmares peace from worry peace from doubt peace from depression We can have peace because the bread of life came to us, offering out the hope of reconciliation to outsiders. See, shepherds, they were the outcasts of society. No one went to their school's career teacher and said that they wanted to be a shepherd. They were ostracized from community. They were looked down upon. They were seen as dirty, unclean. They stank of sheep in the outdoors. And there was great irony in this that they were seen as so filthy because they were the ones that raised up the the sacrificial lambs that were offered in the temple, but yet they themselves weren't welcome in the temple for society deemed them as unclean. Society's standards barred them from the presence of God. But yet, God came to them. See, Israel had had this temporary system of animal sacrifices. They had offered up spotless lambs as atonement for their sins, but this was only a temporary system. They knew that a better sacrifice was coming to atone, a sacrifice that would break the curse, and they'd been expectantly waiting this promised Messiah. And at just the right moment, as had been planned from the beginning of time, Jesus came, the Word became flesh and was born among us. And the first to hear this news of great joy were shepherds, the outcasts, the ones who'd been cut off from the community of God. They were the first to hear that he was now with us, living among us. They were welcomed in. I love the message translation of John 1:14: The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. See, Jesus isn't a distant, far-off God. He moved into our neighborhood. He came to meet us where we are. The Father doesn't wait for us to get ourselves cleaned up and together and go looking for him. Jesus came looking for us where we are. And shepherds, they were the first to hear that Jesus had come for everyone, not just for the religious elite, not just those that had it all together, not just those that were at church every week and had no past and no skeletons lurking in the closet. This is good news for everyone. The sound of heaven touching earth was an angelic chorus proclaiming the good news to the least in society, to the outcasts. The message of Christmas is that Jesus is good news for all of us. He'd come for all mankind. None of us were worthy, but out of love, Jesus came to reach out to us, to, to draw us into the family of God. See, the angels didn't wait for the shepherds to clean themselves up. They didn't wait until they were in an appropriate temple to hear the good news. They didn't wait until they'd gone away from looking after sheep and done something a bit more respectable. They didn't wait until they'd made a large donation to the church. They proclaimed the message of hope to the shepherds where they were and as they were. And it's the same for us. We don't have to get ourselves cleaned up we don't have to sort out all our issues before we can come to jesus he who stands with open arms ready to welcome us as we are with all our baggage he won't leave us as we are but he welcomes us as we are and that's what the lead angel told the shepherds fear not the reason they didn't have to fear was because of the message that the angels had the message was not one of condemnation but one of love a savior has been born who is christ the lord see savior that was the baby's job title That was what jesus was going to do he was going to save us christ was his title it was the greek translation of the hebrew title messiah the promised deliverer israel was waiting for and lord that was the baby's identity and this was the part that would have blown the shepherd's minds because this was the boldest of all claims see lord was the greek translation of the hebrew word yahweh the personal name of god the angel was telling the shepherds that this baby that they were going to find in the manger that was god himself That's the very heart of the Christmas story, that God took on flesh, that the hands that placed stars were the ones that were now wrapped in swaddling cloth. So let's look at the song that the the choir of angels sing. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this was to be true peace. See, the Roman Empire proclaimed peace, but it was only peace for those that were obedient citizens of the empire, and it wasn't peace for the, the enemies who would be defeated in war. But the angels declare peace with God, perfect, complete peace. And that's why we can sing, that's why we can praise. We can't stay silent if we've grasped this truth. We can't help but sing and glorify and praise God whenever we realize the peace that he's offered out to us. And there's something particularly great about Christmas carols. The songs we sing during the year are great, but Christmas carols just evoke so much joy as we sing them and let the words remind us of how great a night it was that They just fill us with joy as we remind ourselves again of the love that God had for us. Love so great that he sent his son to be born in human flesh for our sakes. See, the message of Christmas is simple. We can have joy because we have a savior. Heaven touching earth, reaching out to us, freeing us from the power of the sin curse. The only way we can respond is like the angels, with joyful praise. And we must respond like the shepherds did, with haste. There's no better time to respond to God than now, so don't put it off. You might not be feeling joyful right now. The shepherds probably weren't before the angels arrived. They didn't have much to be joyful about, just standing out there in the cold with just sheep for company, until the angels turn up. See, everything changes when we realize that what we see now isn't all that there is. We can have hope and therefore joy in all circumstances because we know the end of the story. We know our Savior has come and that in the end, the victory belongs to Jesus. Though we go through struggles and trials on the journey, we know our eternal destination We know we're not at the end point yet. We haven't reached the end of the journey. The troubles one day will end, and we will find eternal peace and rest in the Father's embrace. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That's what gives us joy. That's what gives us peace. At Christmas, there can be joy for all, No matter what our current circumstances look like for we know the end of the story we know the serpent will be crushed that the giants we're facing now will fall that what we see now isn't the way things will be in the end so may you be full of the joy of the lord in all things this christmas for we know we have a savior who has come to to reach out to us and to to draw us back as outcasts we've been drawn into the family of god it fills us with joy because you just you just can't be a gloomy christian especially at christmas we probably all know people that are quite boring dull Christians, but in reality, once you truly grasp this, you just can't be boring because this is the greatest news that there is. I get it that at times in life, circumstances are hard and you can't be happy all the time, but but joy is different to being happy. Joy goes to a deeper level and it comes from resting in the presence of God, from, from spending time in, in our hiding places with him, by taking on the light yoke of Jesus, by casting our burdens over to him and reminding ourselves of the amazing news of great joy that a Savior was born for us, for me, for you, but not just for us in, in this room, for, for the whole world, for all mankind, for our neighbors, for that colleague that we really can't stand at work, for the family member that you're secretly hoping won't be able to make the family lunch this year. And remember, if you can't think who that awkward family member is, it's, it's probably you. <laughs> so here's the deal. The way they're going to hear the message that the angels proclaimed, that this good news of great joy, probably isn't through an R8 sermon, at least initially. It's going to be through us. Doesn't mean we have to sit down over Turkey and unpack uninvitedly a a five-point gospel message on the incarnation and the fallen state of humanity. That's probably only going to serve to get you struck off the invite list for next Christmas, which, depending on your family dynamics, might be a bonus. But what I would suggest is a better approach is to just be really full of joy this Christmas, like, like really full of joy, to the extent that you make Buddy the Elf look grumpy, full of contagious radical joy, doing everything short of sin, obviously, to to have joy and to to get your family and friends to. To start asking questions, to ask just how you can be so joyful whenever they're busy stressing over getting presents and cooking turkey. And then you'll be able to explain just why Christmas is so important. You'll be able to present to them the, the reason for our joy and explain the real meaning of Christmas, that God is with us and we're no longer cut off from him, that he came to be near to us. He came to invite us and to, to draw us in. And that's the reason we have joy because we know that God loves us, regardless of our past, without us having to strive to earn it. He loves us. See, the best way to spread Christmas cheer isn't by going around complaining about people taking Christ out of Christmas. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is by being full of the joy of our salvation, by singing out loud for all to hear songs that tell of the good news of great joy, by letting the witness of our lives sing out. You see, what's gonna change people's lives isn't us giving them information, but by them seeing life transformation modeled out in our life that's why we're so keen on on group Christmas parties here at Ariat we want people to see the joy that we have we invite them to come and see we invite them to come and find their place in this story of grace because God didn't just give us information about his son he sent his son into the world into our story so that we could have peace and joy so uh, I said at the start I wanted to help you keep your focus on Jesus this Christmas I'm sorry to disappoint any type a personalities who were hoping for a list of five simple steps to follow I'm not going to give you that See, N.T. Wright puts it like this. Tell someone to do something, and you'll change their life for a day. Tell someone a story, and you will change their life. So what I'm going to do is not give you a list of simple things to follow. I just simply want to invite you into the story, into the story of Christmas, into the story of, of joy, of peace, of reconciliation, of hope for the outcasts. So come, spread Christmas cheer by getting caught up in that story and letting the joy that finding our place in the story of grace brings be seen in our life. Ponder on and treasure the story of the Son of God born as a baby. Live out the joy that story brings and and let it change the lives of those around you. So as the band wants to maybe come up and make this final part, sound extra holy, our clip from Elf ended with the people of New York listening and hearing the sound of singing, the sound of Christmas, And maybe that's how we need to end too, by listening. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The song of love that echoes through the ages. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of chains being broken and captive souls being released through the power of the blood of our perfect lamb, the one who left the throne of heaven to come down to earth, reaching out to us, humbling himself to death, even death on a cross. Have you heard it personally? Have you heard your chains be broken? Have you let jesus set you free see the sound of chains being broken enables us like the shepherds to glorify and praise god can you hear it the sound of heaven touching earth the sound of angels rejoicing the sound of outcast shepherds praising the sound of joy breaking out as the lowest of the low realize that though society excludes them in the kingdom of god they're welcomed in the sound of hope for each of us as we realize that we are not beyond redemption no matter how low and outcast we feel this morning God doesn't give up on us. He invites us into the family. He welcomes us home. And the challenge for those of us that have already grasped that is to view all as God sees us. To not view anyone as beyond redemption. As we spend time with family and friends over Christmas, don't stop praying for them. Don't stop inviting them. Don't stop sharing the good news of great joy with them. See, no matter how lowly someone seems, God cares for them. God sees them. Because they're made in his image and he's reaching out to them. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of hope that resounds through the ages as people realize that God has a plan and it's been in place from the start and that it's a perfect plan. The sound of hope that comes from realizing that God keeps his promises. The sound of hope that comes from realizing that God hasn't forgotten us. He hasn't overlooked us. He hasn't given up on us. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of love, perfect divine love. The sound of good news of great joy for all people. The sound of the son of God, humbled to be born crying in a manger the sound that reminds us that God loves us and wants to be with us so much that he came to live and die among us. At Christmas, we remember how heaven touched earth, and we remember that heaven is still touching earth, for God is still reaching out to us. We remember and celebrate the joy we can have because of Jesus, because of Christmas. So let us today join with the most unlikely choir of of holy angels and outcast shepherds. As we remember heaven touching earth, let us go forth today and spread the good news of great joy by singing loud for all to hear. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors.